the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Power on. Power on. It's time to take your place on the starting grid and get ready for Racer Radio. Your host, Dave Stahl, about to take you for a white-knuckle lap around the motorsports industry, covering everything from top-notch national drivers and crew chiefs right down to your local kid racers and racetracks. Watch for the apex, because here comes Racer Radio with Dave Stahl. All right, folks, welcome to Racer Radio FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks, we're doing the uh, Ron Esau Memorial. We got Becky McBride in the house, Brittany Sandoval, and online Tom McGrath, the announcer at Cajon Speedway. So, hey, Tom, do you know a uh, Jerry Joey Moncari? I don't know if I know him or not. If he wasn't a official with NASCAR when uh, you know we used to get the Southwest Tour, he was. I probably ran into him, or he. He stood up there in the press box uh, with me, uh, calling the shots. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Joey? Do you know this guy, Tom McGrath? I, I met Tom, I believe. Becky introduced us. We ran the Southwest Tour at Cajon two years when I was the director. Um, you know, shame of the, the you know the matter that you guys lost a great racetrack there. Yeah. Uh, loved coming down there. The only dilemma we ever had with the Southwest Tour there was having to unload the cars and park the haulers outside. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my my best my best calling story is I actually had a a guy that uh, needed to pay a fine at the at the track for uh, for something he did at a race before the Cajon race, and uh, him and his car owner decided they'd be cute and try to pay the fine in rolled pennies. <laughs> And I didn't let them all unload their race car until they uh, went until one of the banks nearby opened, and they went and got us actual cash to pay the fund. Don't blame <laughs> you. Okay, so sounds to me like you might have some more uh, good Ron Esau stories. <laughs> well, that's the type of things you know that you could expect from from Ron. I mean, he might have taught Alan Beebe and and uh, and Eric Holmes that little. Uh, <laughs> That little gift, that, that little gag right there that didn't go over very well. Um, you know, those were the things that we that we did to have a good time. You know, after a Copper Classic was over, or during the race week down in Phoenix, once we were all at a bar, and and uh, I had in 1989, I got hit by a race car and broke both of my legs and had stainless steel rods in my legs to this day. Uh, but I think Ron was at, at this place with me, my brother, and some other racers, and uh, the guy that ran the Goodyear tire truck and whatnot. And we were having a few cocktails and some beers, and, and uh, all the guys got together, and my brother told the story about how the, they take the, the metal implants out of your legs, and all we needed was a slide hammer and a few tools. 
And he had everybody in that bar convinced that we were going to do it right there on one of the pool tables. (laughs) So I talked them all out of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that that sounds just about right. But, uh, yeah, so that's... Yeah, it's amazing the stories, and we we will definitely get you a copy of these two hours we've did we've done with Ron because I'm sure you, you'll enjoy sitting back and listening to him. I look forward to it. I really do. So, Tom, yes, got, sir. So, how did the Southwest tour do when they came to Cajon? Well, it was it was a it was an event that we always had circled on our calendars mm-hmm. as as. You know, because you had a classy bunch of drivers. I don't know if "classy" is the right word. <laughs> <laughs> ah. You had a you had a, a yeah, bunch of drivers that, in many cases, were track champions at the tracks they represented and came from. So you know, it was again one of those all-star nights and of uh, of racing. And you know, you just uh, you know you you saw the best of the best and. And these guys, you know, gave no quarter, asked no quarter, and uh, put on a good show almost every time. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, now did Ron come up and race in your division? Up up here in Vegas? Oh, yeah. He ran, we, you know, back in the 70s, we called our premier division A-cars. You know, it was the, the premier car, Grand mm-hmm. American cars. And uh, that's what he ran up here. You, you know, you'd see that. Yellow number, uh, gosh darn it, because he ran different a couple <laughs> of different numbers up here because we would have conflicting numbers. But we'd see that those the the Esau cars, George and Ron's cars, come off the trailers, or you know, back then we all showed up in open trailers, which I still think is what how race cars should go to the racetrack today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we we they'd show up and we'd be like, okay, that's two more that we got to beat. <laughs> um, you know, but when we ran, we, we the tour racing was was really good. You know, and and Ron kind of set the bar in in eighty in nineteen eighty six by winning the first championship. Um, you know, for the Southwest Tour, and it was that that tour series was the premier traveling NASCAR series. And I hate to say this because then you know shortly after. Uh, or at, during the time that I was the Southwest Tour Director, I also became the NASCAR, at that time, uh, well, we'll just call it West Series because it's, it, right now it's the, the Arkham Menards West Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I became the director for race director and then finally the director for that. But, you know, the, the tour cars really were the ones that people came to see. We'd go to Phoenix. We'd go to Sears Point. We'd race. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, when I was operations director at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, we ran them one year in 1997. We ran the Southwest Tour at our short track twice. It was now the Bull Ring twice. We ran them on the road course inside the Super Speedway once, and we ran them on the, the mile and a half oval one time that year. Wow! So, and I only ran the West Series there at, uh, two times. So that tells you how much that series had uh, to offer. And Ron was a big part of that. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's like half steering wheel will travel. It just seems like he would go anywhere and everywhere, never cared about what the track was, what the layout was, what the condition was. He just he just liked to race. And adapted. Oh yeah. And adapted. Yeah, that's that's very good. You're right, Tom. And he did it probably quicker than most. 
you know, that's the whole key when you go out of town racing is is learning the setups and adapting to what the track gives you and what it doesn't give you. You know, and I, I used to always talk to the racers in the pits, whether it be Southwest Tour guys or Super Modifieds or, you know, whatever touring division was was uh, was coming to Cajon Speedway. And I go and I go in there and talk, start talking to them and they're, you know, having a hard time getting hold of the track or whatever. And I'm going, hey, don't forget, a lot of people don't don't re- don't realize there is an outside here at Cajon Speedway. Mm-hmm. Everybody kept on hugging the pole mm-hmm. like they were at, at the Orange Show. Uh. So, I'm going. Don't be afraid to go to the outside. There's enough banking there in the corners that'll that'll hold you inside the track. And as soon as they figure that out, they got their race cars going forward and put on a hell of a show. Yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely. Well, you know, we we miss Ron dearly, and uh, we we appreciate you taking time out of your Sunday to call in. Uh, Joey and and share some of your stories. Uh, we'll be giving this uh, two hours to the family uh, for them to keep. Uh, and like I said, I don't know if you noticed it, but there's no commercials at all in this two hours. Right. And I did that intentionally. Uh, not that I don't like my sponsors. It's just that I felt it was important that this would be what I would call a clean show for the family to enjoy. And just listen to Tom Cackle. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate. You know, I, I really feel we're very honored and privileged that I was included in the in the people that have called in and, and in in your show to to talk about a great guy and a you know your your show the racer show. I mean, you know, one of the biggest compliments I think we could pay anybody that's involved in racing is to call them a racer. Yep, without a doubt. Ron was a racer. You got it, buddy. Hey, thanks a million. And like I said, if you ever have the desire to call in or if you got a young driver that's coming up but maybe isn't that good in media, hey, we're here to help them. We'll walk them through it. We'll do the interview and make sure they talk about their sponsors. We'll do it for sure. Thanks again. All right, buddy. Hey, Tom, hang in there. It's almost over. Right? Hey, no problem. All right, good. Thank I, you, Joey. Yeah, get, hey, we got – uh, Dave Reed coming up next. You know that guy? I know Dave Reed. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, if he tells any stories on you, we'll have to no, wait and see. Stories on me. <laughs> <laughs> Racer Radio, folks. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Racer Radio. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. We're doing the uh, Ron Esau Memorial and we've only got a little bit of time left. We got Tom McGrath on the line. We got Becky McBride in studio. And now we've got Dave Reed. Becky, you want to tell us about Dave? Well, Dave Reed is a fixture on the West Coast, and we all appreciate him so much. He's a first class guy, and we're all really lucky to be friends with him. And I know that there's a lot of young drivers. That he's given the opportunity to so we just appreciate him and you said everything a driver got to when they got to dave reed was five star five yes, star you did so that's a pretty good compliment dave yeah thank you for that becky i appreciate it and thanks for having me on dave oh it's our pleasure and we got Brittany sandoval in the house she's a school teacher by trade but she races on the dirt on the weekends. so awesome. she's my co-host and she just does a phenomenal <laughs> wow. job so, oh, and we got Tom McGrath in the wings. I'm sure you probably know Tom. Yes, Tom. Good to hear from you. Nice to, nice nice to hear from uh, you, Dave. 
Yeah, you know, it's just it's great to be on uh, you know the Ron Esau story time here because there sure are a lot of them. I know Boy. you know there's just there's not enough time to cover them all. That's for sure. But you know, one thing Ronnie and I always talked about is writing a book, and uh, unfortunately that never came to fruition. But uh, you know, that's just how many great stories there are. Yeah, right. And at least you know, in a I, book, you could do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I first met Ronnie at Cone Speedway, I came down and helped uh, a guy by the name of Craig Rodman, who's been driving for me for 30 years. And uh, this guy comes bopping over, and Ronnie's like the epitome of, of a male pit lizard. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if he, if he wasn't racing, he, you know, he would just bop from pit to pit and, you know, say hello and just happy go luck Ronnie. You know, that smile and that grin and, you know, just meeting anybody and everybody he could. So that was my first experience meeting Ronnie. <clears throat> And uh, we actually ended up winning that race, so that was pretty cool. Went a couple times down there at Cone Speedway in the Southwest Tour, but it was soon after. It was probably, I think it was '97, Becky, and you were part of this deal. I had bought a car from Daryl Waltrip, an old Cup car, to run out here at California Speedway when the track first opened. And uh, you know, I, I we had uh, I had a couple of Craftsman trucks back in the day. And I had Dan Press driving those. And so the motors in those were nine to one, but the, you know, the, the package that the West series ran, you could run a big cup motor and uh, which is a 14 to one. So we put this deal together and I said, you know, I asked Craig, I said, you know, you're going to drive this. And he goes, I'm not really ready to go 200 miles an hour. So uh, I think you're going to have to find somebody else. So I asked Dan Press, who was our crew chief at the time, and he says, those days are gone for me. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting in there doing 200 miles an hour. But he says, I got a guy. I know a guy. And, you know, as you know, and we all know Ronnie, it's kind of like the old uh, life serial commercial. Yes. Hey, let's ask Mikey. Mikey. He'll do anything. <laughs> Mikey. And so I, I hit up Ronnie, and Ronnie's like, yeah, of course I'll do it, you know. So <laughs> the, 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 the stage is set, and you know, because Ronnie was kind of this fill-in guy, too, at a lot of these big tracks, because, you know, he'd run all the, the stuff back east and the big tracks, and, and you know, before I get into this, it was, I, I asked him, I said, you, you're okay to do this? He says, oh, yeah, you know, I think it was Ned Jarrett told me. He says, you know, Ronnie says, well, what do you do when you get in the corner at Daytona? And he says, Ned Jarrett says, you just lift your big toe and keep your foot on the ground. And that's what Ronnie told me. He says, that's what I did, you know. So, anyways, uh, we shake the car down at Rialto Airport. And uh, they make a couple passes up and down the airport. It's kind of like Gillespie Field right there, a little muni. Mm-hmm. And um, then Ronnie makes a couple passes up and down. And they, they put the thing in the – they put the car back in the trailer – and here comes a bunch of cops rolling up. Oh boy! And they 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 put the they put the door up real quick and act like nothing's going on. And uh, the guy said, Where, "Where's that race car?" And you know, everybody's like, "Well, there's no race car here." Like, oh, we wanted to hear it run. We wanted to see it. You know. So I think Ronnie probably signed a couple autographs or something mm-hmm. there. But um, anyways, that race went well. There was it was uh, the first time, obviously, at California Speedway that it opened. So there was probably 20 Cup cars in this race because they all wanted to get you know, track time. Sure. And these guys all brought their, they brought their, you know, their B car, which was, you know, probably way better than what anything we had. But, uh, we go out for practice and I'm spotting and I'm asking Ronnie, Ronnie, how's the car doing? And he's not really answering me. And I said, Ronnie, you got me. He says, he's going down the back straightaway. And he goes, this place is amazing. <laughs> and I said, I know, but Ronnie, how's the race car? He says, 
do you see all these palm trees back here? This is beautiful. And I'm like, but Ronnie, how was the race car? And he's like, oh, yeah, Dave, the car's fine. Yeah, this is, this is a piece of cake. Is... Anyways, he ran a great race. He was amazing. Uh, we were the second regular, or actually non-regular. We finished sixth in that race. Uh, I think Kenny Schrader or somebody won it, a couple cup guys. And I think Brendan Gaughan was the only one that beat us that was, a, you know, a regular uh, West competitor. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that was a, that was almost a win for us. I mean, that was, you know, David and Goliath. I mean, you know, yeah. we didn't really belong there, but Ronnie, Ronnie just wheeled that thing. Um, it was pretty cool. But uh, my next story here is we go to Topeka, Kansas a few months later, and it must be 120 degrees out and we walk into this restaurant and here comes Ronnie and Kevin Clark walking out. What are you guys doing here? How come you didn't tell me you were coming here? Oh, we just came to check it out and have a good time and, you know, hang out. So the next day, Ronnie says, hey, you want me to spot for Craig? And I said, yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, I don't have to do it. I can kind of just, you know, kick back and watch the race and not, you know, have to spot. And I really wasn't comfortable spotting back in the day. And uh, I don't know. We're probably halfway through the race, and Craig gets into somebody, and the crush panel in the left front gets messed up, and there's – carbon monoxide coming into the cockpit of the car and craig's just he's you know he's carbon monoxide poisoning he doesn't even know where he's at ronnie's talking to man and i run up to the grandstands and i go i know ronnie he never goes anywhere without his driving suit right so i said ronnie ronnie you i'm gonna spot go down get your driver's suit on you got to get in this car so ronnie talks craig in he he's he, he, go left stop here hit the gas you know he was just completely delirious. So a couple of my guys grabbed Craig out of the car. They, one of them, I got a guy who's probably like 6'6", six, six and, you know, 280 pounds, and he just picks Ronnie up like a little baby, puts him in the car. And uh, so Ronnie, they get him all buckled in, and, and, of course, there's a caution, so, you know, for our, for our situation. So road course, and we gather up the field and everything, and Ronnie goes back out on the track, and he goes, oh, my gosh. I go, what's going on, Ronnie? He goes, I'm leading, and I haven't been on this track in like 15 years. What do I do? <laughs> I, go, I go, Ronnie, you got Austin Cameron, which is a local, you know, San Diego driver there, right behind you. I said, we go green. I want you to let Austin go, and you just you know, follow him through and just until you get the hang of it. Well, being Ronnie, Ronnie, yeah. you know, any of that. So for the first lap, he's beating and banging with everybody. And, uh, you know, he didn't he didn't let anybody go by, of course, not – not intentionally anyways, but, uh, he actually brought the car back home again in the sixth place finish. So that was pretty cool. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a good deal. Well, and, 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 and Ronnie, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I just, just to fall into my, Ronnie was always up for an adventure, you know? So Ronnie, we became obviously great friends and, and we go to Phoenix and, and watch, you know, the likes of Brian Eichler and, and, we traveled to Montana. I mean, we just would go everywhere. You know, we just had a good time with each other and enjoyed each other's company. And we decided one year, I'm going to guess maybe 15, 18 years ago, let's go to, let's go to the all-star race in, in Charlotte. So uh, we, we fly out there. We have a good time. We, we go to the Richard Childress shop and welcome up there. And Ronnie goes, you know, I know a bunch of these people. I, I used to race with all these guys and, you know, there's a lady that works here and I'm going to see if she can get us like a private tour. And I'm like, Ronnie, this is how many years ago? I said, you know, this is, there's no way this lady's working there. 
so I'm roaming around. And of course, Ronnie gets lost, and I can't find him anywhere. And then some lady comes up, and she says, hey, are you Dave Reed? And I said, yeah. She goes, hey, the, uh, Chocolate Myers and, and Steve Post and, and Ronnie are in doing a radio show on Sirius Satellite Radio. I go, wait, wait a minute. How did this happen? <laughs> she goes, they want you in there. So Ronnie's sitting in there in Richard Childress's office. And with, you know, Steve Post and Chocolate Myers in there talking, you know, old Riverside stories. Cause, oh, you know, Ronnie was out there racing with all these guys and, and they were good friends with him, you know, and they, they all wanted to, you know, they, they all learned from Ronnie out there at Riverside because yeah. Ronnie was the man out there. And that was before my time, but um, it, that was a pretty cool deal. But, you know, I was kind of like a kid in a candy store because, you know, I, like most people, I was a fan before I became a car owner. All right. And so... You know, and that race is really hard to get garage passes unless you know somebody like Becky now, uh, <laughs> because all the uh, all the cup guys back there, you know, that's where they're based, and they would bring their friends and family to that race. So sure. us coming from California, it was hard, and I can't remember how we got them, but Ronnie got us some passes, and and uh, you know, we're sitting on top of Dale Earnhardt's hauler with you know Jerry Baxter. Uh-uh. You know, we got Mark Green. I mean, all these guys, James Hilton. I mean, Ronnie's oh. walking through the pits. Like, he knew everybody. Wow. You know, and everybody knew Ronnie. Like, I think somebody earlier said Dan Smith or something. I mean, Ronnie just knew everybody. He was just happy-go-lucky, friendly, and everybody loved him, you know. Um, but, yeah, that was that was pretty cool deal, yeah. too. But we just had a good time, and, you know, that smile that it was just so – you know, affectionate yeah. and, you know, addicting for everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, well, hey, man, I tell you, this has been awesome. We appreciate uh, you taking time out. I think, yeah, you're going to stay for one more segment because we've got sure. uh, Craig. Craig coming on. And Tom, wait a minute. Yep. Oh, wait. Tom. Go ahead. Tom knows Craig. I just wanted to tell Dave that Leslie still works for RCR and she's still the main oh, girl. Wow. So she's still there. Really? That's awesome. All right. Well, that's that's, that's, awesome. that's good to know because nobody was a bigger Earnhardt fan than I am. I have my shrine, and maybe one of these I days I'll talk Beck. Were. I'll talk Becky into hooking me up so I can go back and and see the facility. Because man, I don't know. It's going to be the hardest thing I'll ever do in my right. life. I'm here to tell you. Well, you know, and, and Ronnie kind of had that that uh, Earnhardt mustache too. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> well, I've got to tell really, you, like I, really. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I was I, I would go up and help Ronnie at, at Irwindale Speedway. You know, uh, just you know, the last ten years he would run out there in the super late model, and and I, you know, if I was off, I'd go help him and spot for him, and and I sponsored Ronnie too here and there. And I'm driving up, and it was an off-cup weekend, and they're serious as playing a uh, recap of, I don't know what year it was, Riverside Raceway. And here I'm going up to help Ronnie. And all of a sudden, I hear this. And Ron Esau passes Richard Petty for the lead. Oh and I was just like, are you kidding me? What are the chances of this? Yeah, you know? what are the chances? That's awesome. All right, don't touch that dial, folks. And uh, Craig, don't go anywhere. I mean, Dave, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right here on Racer Radio. FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Racer Radio. FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right. I got my... So we have owner and racer right. on now. And who's what's Craig's last name? Rodman. Rodman. Let me write that down. 
Hey, Craig, how you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing? <laughs> don't I make Don't I make a great radio host? Yeah, What the hell is that guy's name? <laughs> what's that guy's name? Yeah, what's that guy? Who is I, that I'm guy? Pretty, I'm pretty sure I've said the name Craig Rodman multiple times. I in know, my but life. who were you talking about off air? My wife says it a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, I know. well, and your middle name. Probably they were all as well. talking about Dale Earnhardt yes, off the air, were. and I'm kind of an idol and. So I blanked out, so I, I apologize for that. We also have Dave on the line as well, Dave Reed. Tom McGrath. Do you, uh, Craig, do you know Tom McGrath? Not positive on that one. He well, was our announcer, Craig, when you won the Southwest Tour race at, at Cone Speedway. Speedway. You can't oh, miss him. Cone with the big eagle. There you go. <laughs> now you know that. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that, yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I really feel yeah. upset that I've written. You know, I I'm, pronounce his name properly. <laughs> oh, God, Craig. You know, it happens. Hit the wall multiple times. You know, you have no problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got Dave, and I guess Dave, uh, Craig, you ran. Yeah. You ran a lot with Dave back in the day. Um, ran a lot of things with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not going there. A lot of things, yeah. So, you got any Ron Esau stories? Um, I don't know if I have too many I can talk about on the radio, but... Um, That's what we yeah, hear. You, I mean, you know, one of, the, one of the very first times I ever... Well, the first time I ever saw Ron racing was when I was racing at Shafts of Speedway, sportsman class. Um, but working my way up the deal and it was the Southwest tour, the very first year they come to town and, uh, you know, usually we're used to seeing the Winston West cars come there, you know, and, you know, and they're like boring, slow, you know, off the gas, longer than on the gas. And these Southwest tour cars come and they're like just faster than heck, you know, and, uh, he wins the race and, and ends up winning the championship. And that's the first time. In the McDonald's car, number fifty-six, white with blue numbers. I remember it exactly. <laughs> and, uh, I remember that. I remember that day. And then I quit racing after that for a while, and I followed the tour for a long time. And and um, that was my first first uh, time seeing those cars, and that was something I always wanted to do, and that's what I tried to do uh, after that point. That's amazing. And, and then down the road later, I before. Dave and I ever hooked up. I worked my way through things, and there was a guy named Dave Bird, who's a well-known Central California badass racer, dirt track guy that's done everything. And and uh, he drove for a guy named Ray Miller in a Ford. And I used to work on that car and help them. And I was always uh, at their shop and stuff because. You know, at some point, maybe he was going to move on or something, and I was hoping I would get a t- chance to drive that car. <laughs> and my first time was at Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, showed up there, and I was, you know, pretty intimidated, pretty scared. And uh, drivers meeting and stuff, and and I actually got to meet Ron then. And this is the story I'll never forget is he's he's talking to me and, you know, giving me some encouragement and stuff, and he says, hey, man, I start right in front of you. Just follow me. Just follow me through, and we'll go to the front. And I'm like, okay, great. And we get going, and we're like 10, 15 laps down, and I'm right behind Ronnie. And coming off turn two at Phoenix, he just plows the wall down. Oh. And then skids off to the inside, and I'm like, 
well, hell, what am I supposed to do now? And how did you do? How did you finish? I'm not positive. Uh, somewhere <laughs> fifth or sixth. I, I I have a hard time remembering, but somewhere around there, it was. It was. It turned out pretty good for us. Not so good for Ronnie, but mm. but he was always. And that's the thing about Ron. If you knew him, this guy always had a smile that could sell you anything, and mm-hmm. uh, always happy and always willing to help. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing. No matter where who you were, what you were doing, always had that attitude, man. He'd always he'd, he'd do anything for you. Yeah, and you know, and I think that's synonymous to the to the memorial to Ron Esau is one was his smile and two was his willing to help and somebody called him a pit lizard yeah Dave Reed (laughs) the male version because if he didn't have a seat he was going to find one so he was going car to car you feeling okay you don't look good you're looking a little peaked he worked it always he worked it really hard yeah definitely well um, he wanted to drive he just wanted to drive. That's all there was to he it. He did a lot of that. And did well, too. I mean, let's face Absolutely. it. That's amazing. So, Are you there, Dave Reed? I'm here. You know, and just to cap oh, on that, you know, you as everybody everybody has said that, that you know, Ronnie, Ronnie would help anybody. And, you know, but the thing, and he, you know, hey, I'm struggling, I'm doing this or whatever. And Ronnie would say, hey, do this and that with your car or whatever. And, and then, but they all still knew that he had, they had to go beat him out there and he wasn't even worried about it. He, you know, and, no. and he was such a mentor to so many people. I mean, um, you know, young little Ricky Schlick that drove for us uh, a few times, oh, yeah. him and Ronnie became the best of friends and, and, you know, Ronnie just mentored and helped these kids. And I mean, he did that Becky with, gosh, I don't know. I mean, the wits, uh, Brendan gone. I mean, there were so many Walker Evans. I mean, it was, the list was long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many household famous race car drivers that he helped, and uh, you know, one of the stories. How about the time Becky when he was up he, at another here trying to find a ride? He's up there helping uh, uh, Monroe Washington for the truck race. Oh, with Kenny Strader. Kenny Strader sticks his Kenny Strader sticks his thumb in the fan belt and rips mm-hmm. it off. Oh, oh. cuts his thumb off, and of course. You know, Ronnie never goes anywhere without his driver's suit. So next thing you know, Ronnie's in the, you know, Kenny Schrader truck. Um, so, but. Uh, That's exactly uh, what happened when the, when he lost his thumb, he, they said, if you want to get it sewed back on, you'll be able to race in this amount of time. Or if you want us to just leave the thumb off, you can race in this amount of time. So everybody does a thumbs up to Kenny because he has no thumb. He has no top of his thumb because he wanted to race sooner. So he said, put it on ice, but I'm not going to put it back on. And Ronnie got in the truck and did very well. It was a very competitive truck that night. So, really? Yeah, that's a fair. And so everyone knows the Kenny, that's on, that's Kenny Schrader thumb story. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's, see, that, see, that's what I love about this. I mean, we're learning so many stories. You know, that's amazing. What would, would you do that, Brittany, if you lost the tip of your thumb? Would I do? I'd have, just, have it put on ice? Yeah, just throw it away and just get back in the car? <laughs> yeah. Just go racing. She's looking I, at her. Well, I'm looking at the, I did lose the tip of one of my fingers, yeah. Not on a race car, right? right? before our nationals, yeah. So I we got, like, glue on our drive up there. And, just glue, uh, glue and then back my, Yeah, and 
the guys next to me were like, you just got to man up and put your gloves on, that kind of thing. And you did. Yeah, I'm still missing the tip. (laughs) And this is the best part of it is, so Craig has, you know, his stories, and Dave has his stories, and Ronnie needed a score, so I got to go along to all these adventures, Uh... and I would score pen and paper, which a lot of people don't even realize that's the way we used to do it, but electronic scoring did not happen until recent. Uh -uh. So every team had to have a score. So sometimes we'd be racing against Craig. Mm. Sometimes Craig would be on our team. Mm. You know, it it just depended on if Ronnie was spotting and I was scoring and Craig was our driver. Go, Craig, go. And then it's Ronnie's driving. Go, Ronnie, go. (laughs) But at the end of the night, we all couldn't wait to see each other and be be together. Jeez. I can't imagine scoring with paper and pencil. I really, I mean, you have to concentrate so hard. Well, Saugus, what, about, what like, about going to a place like Orange Show? Yeah, Orange Show's quarter mile, Saugus quarter mile. Or, yeah, uh-uh. I mean, places yeah. like that. I mean, it's insane to sit there with people like, trying to keep track of the stuff. Yeah. yeah. And that there's always good. somebody asking you a question, right? Right. Leave me no, alone. We, they don't talk to us, but the good scores could do two cars. No. How many could you do? Two. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to be an underachiever. Thank you. Yes. And Becky, were you able to ever get, give anybody a lap back? Well, there's a secret there way you could do that. If you, were, if you were not <laughs> running good. Scores. Those are the ones that made the big money. Yeah, yeah. if you weren't running well, you could get a lap back. Because they're not paying attention to you. They're looking at the leaders. Um, <laughs> the trade secret's oh, coming boy. out. All of a sudden, I got yeah, real hopefully popular. Mark Reed, hopefully, Mark Reed's listening to this because he, he had the best score of all. He always could get a uh, couple of races to get a lap ahead. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Oh, we have good, yeah. we have great times, don't we? So, so Craig, what are you doing now? I'm actually sitting at a racetrack right now, watching my kids race here. Oh. at the Outlaw Race. All right. The uh, West Coast Nationals. Our good friend Brandon Williams is on our team. Took this uh, this deal over, and it's been a big success. So, where are you based at? Uh, well. Anderson, California, with Dave's stuff and okay. all that. Yep. Well, Anderson. I'll way have... north, way to the other end of California, all yeah. the way to the other end. Well, what I'll do is I'll have Becky send you uh, our contact info if you would uh, like to get your kids some radio time. Absolutely. My my kids can talk really good. They, they, they're they really good talkers. Well, because you know if yeah. they ever go anywhere, that's what sponsors are looking for. That's what they need. All right. Well, we'll definitely uh, hook you up, and we appreciate you taking time uh, out of your race Sunday to be part of uh, uh, the Ron Esau Memorial. We're gonna, like I've been mentioning throughout the show, we're gonna be giving it to the family for uh, posterity. And it sounds like either you're trying to start a car <laughs> or you're trying to keep it running. Those are go karts going by. Yeah. yeah. Is that what yeah. that was? Yeah. That's yeah, perfect right sound effects. I love it. Hey, your kid could beat that guy. That's not going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. All right, Dave. Well, Dave, I, I want to thank tell you one thing, man. The, uh, Ron, Ron was uh, was a good, was, you know, just an amazing person. And and uh, I've met a lot of people in my uh, 41 years of racing. Yeah. And he's one of those special people that stuck out. And he always had a smile on his face and he'd yep. do anything for you. You got it, buddy. All right. Well, since you're at a racetrack, we're going to go ahead and let you get back to the kids. Okay. Thank you very, very much for taking time. Dave, thank you as well. 
pit lizard. I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna remember hey, that. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on. But uh, you know, also want to you know, looking forward to seeing everybody at Ronnie's celebration on April third. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to be bigger than any of us even could imagine. Yeah. Because he touched so many people. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. We're going to take a quick break. Tom, will you, Becky, and I'll clo- and, and Brittany will close the show. Right here on Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right. We got to sit here for 11 minutes. Oh, right. It's a... It- the song doesn't even get going. I know, but this <laughs> song, this this it's is right. Song. This song's up there with Dale Earnhardt. If you want my oh, honest boy. opinion. Oh, you need some tissue? Uh, no, that's because I'm going to make it go away. Okay. Uh, Tom McGrath, and not in the house, but he's, you know, on the line. Wasn't this a fun two hours, Tom? It was fun. It was fun listening to everybody and fun, you know, able able to contribute a little of uh, the lore of Ronnie Esau. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I just was talking to Becky off air, and I've talked her into taking the the one hour we did last couple months ago. Late January, I believe. And then the two hours we're doing today, and either put them on a CD or a thumb drive and give them away at the memorial. Right. Yeah, that sounds good. Wouldn't that be cool? So that way everybody's got, you know, the the, the call-ins and all that. I just can't be there since I'm going to be sitting here You're instead. But here. I'll be there. And sp- are you going to go, Brittany? I'm going to try to swing by on my way here. Yeah, I but- have an in-studio guest lined yeah, up already. Yeah. So, uh, so while you were sitting there for two hours, any other stories that popped into your head while you were listening? Well, I- <laughs> yeah, lots. You know, <laughs> I love and, that uh, laugh. It's it's the <laughs> the thing that uh, that I remember from Ronnie. I mean. I, I spent a lot of time with him at the track. You know, we were we were for a short time competitors, but then I was more of an observer. You know, and introduced him hundreds of times. You know, to the the fans at Cajon Speedway. But I I knew the ESO so well. But our group of racer friends, the Beats, the Baxters, the the uh, you know the Hagmans, George Bellman. Uh, Ron Overman and all these guys, we we saw each other in 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 many times social situations, getting together for bunko or getting together, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's birthday party and and seeing, you know, Ronnie was always part of it, always always laughing, always having a good time. Uh, he was responsible, you know. I gave a lot of the nicknames to the Cajon Speedway drivers over the years, <laughs> and. Uh, how I came up with them, I you know I don't know. It's just something that struck with me, mm-hmm. and of course I always always introduce Ronnie as Rapid Ronnie Esau. That's right. There was one other Rapid Ron out there. It was Rapid Ronnie Overman? Yeah. Two Ron, two Rons, two Rapid guys, and they lived up to their credentials. Boy. They were always fast every time they showed up at Cajon Speedway. And it's ironic. I looked up a little bit of of history on both Ron Overman and Ron Esau. Years ago, when you know I started the plastic shop at Mount Miguel High School, and I got involved in racing, I wound up making race car bodies as a start. To, you know, to, as you said, keep body panels on my own car. Mm-hmm. But Ron Overman came to me and said, "Hey, 
can you make a, a body off of this 75 Camaro, a brand new Camaro that he, he, he bought from Grijalva Chevrolet in El Cajon, rolled into my shop, and we waxed that baby up and we made body parts of it. And then, of course, my, my body was a, a 62 Pontiac Tempest, which actually was the same body style that Ronnie, uh, uh, Ronnie Esau ran, the uh-huh. 61 car. In Stock Car Racing Magazine, when they, they were in their, in their early infantile stages of starting that, that, pro, that uh, magazine, in the centerfold, there was, it says, Racing California Style. And on one half of the page was Ron Overman's orange 75 Camaro that was built in my high school plastic shop. And on the other, high, on their other half was the 61 of Ron Esau. I am so proud of that, that uh, you know, accomplishment. Sure. That, that, you know, my class who built those parts was featured in the magazine. Anyway, I'm at a party. And I, I, like I said, I gave out nicknames to the drivers. And my nickname by Ron Esau was Tiger Tom McGrath. Yeah. And a lot of people know me as Tiger Tom McGrath. How I got that was we were at a pool party at Jerry Joyner's house one day. And Esau comes in. I'm sitting at a table probably destroying a cheeseburger or something <laughs> like that. And Esau comes up from behind me. And if you've ever, you know, had a, a handshake with Esau, you remember it. He had a death grip of, of, of just hand strength, unbelievable, you know, unbeknownst. Well, he comes up behind me and he gives me this immense titty twister that oh, just another one. Oh <laughs> my God! Like like Dan Smith described, <laughs> yeah. he did to Ronnie ah. Esau. Well, he comes up and he pinches me, and I get, I mean, I got angry. And Esau stands back and goes, Tiger Tom, oh, my goodness, take it easy. <laughs> and it was Tiger Tom ever since. That's <laughs> as far awesome. as Ron Esau was concerned. <laughs> that is so, so funny. Well, yeah. I've told the story in the last time, and I've got to tell it because Becky will remember it immensely. We were at a uh, an event for Jim Watkins. Jock Jim Watkins. He had ALS. ALS. And golf tournament. In the golf tournament, and we were raising money for, for the cause. And Dave Salas had donated his Dale Earnhardt driving suit. And he had it framed in a in a plastic box, had the hat, and somebody wrote on the description extra large. Well, if you know Dave Salas, he's an extra small. <laughs> you know? So I want to bid on this uniform. I mean, I was just enamored with it. So I walk over there and I put fifty dollars down. Ron Esau walks over, puts seventy five. I looked at him. I go, "What are you doing?" Oh, I like that uniform. I said, "Okay." So then I went and put a hundred, and Ronnie put a hundred and a quarter, and I put one fifty, and Ronnie puts one. Se- I go, "Hey, what are you Stop doing?" It. He says. I'm just going to make sure you pay enough money where I feel good by giving this to Jim. And I think it was over. I ended up spending over 200, but the kicker is I get it home. I couldn't even put my leg in the pants. <laughs> it was so small. And he thought that was so funny. I mean, he, you know, he had that typical Ronnie saw laugh. Yep. And that uniform is in my front room. I look at it every single day 
every single night. And it's kind of my tribute to Ron because, I mean, he was just – I didn't get to know him as well as I would have liked, but he was just such a great guy the short time I knew him. That's the story Ron wanted to tell me when I met him. Was it really? Yeah, he, he wanted to tell me his version of oh, that same story. Oh, it was his version. <laughs> He enjoyed it a lot more than you, I believe. Uh, more than you know. <laughs> the bidding I, process. Well, I didn't have a lot of money. You know? I mean, and I think Becky thought it was cute, too. Oh, but yeah. yeah, I was there to raise money. That was our goal, and yeah. we and, succeeded. Yeah. And I think you and Ronnie must have had something going yeah. on, because he was sort of floating around. Yeah. And I think he did that to more than one Not auction item, now that I think about it. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, Tom, I, I really want to thank you for taking time yeah. out of your Sunday to, to ded- dedicate your time to the memorial. I, I mean, it, 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 it made all the difference in the world. It really did. Glad to do it, Dave. You yeah. know, I've missed one hour of happy hour. <laughs> oh, oh I sorry. Know. Well, I guess you're going to have to catch up. Yeah. You think you can do that? You could have started. I'm a, I'm a couple of laps down. That's funny. We're, we're in this resort in Yuma having a good time with nice. my wife. And all right. Enjoying retired life. Yeah, you're doing a good job of it, man. I'm telling you, you're doing a good job. At least now, though, I know you can call in, so there's no excuse if we want you back. Yeah. Okay, you know it. All right. Well, give Don a big hug for us. I sure will. I don't know what you want to do with that dog. If you really want a big dog, call me. I'll give you a Roddy. Well, you say hello to Michelle, and uh, I'd like to come over and see the puppies. Any, yeah, right. Okay, you come over, you take six of them with you. It's not a problem. <laughs> I don't think Michelle will like that. I know, she'd yeah. kill me. Did you have a comment yeah, before just, he left? I've kept quiet. No, I've kept quiet just because I wanted to be the fly on the wall and hear okay. all this bench all racing. Right. But I did want a few thank yous. I wanted to thank Danny Brent in the first place for introducing me to Ron and Becky. Yeah. So thank you, Danny. Um, I hope, David, that you've enjoyed the memories. Yes. Uh, he's a beautiful soul. He David really is, is yeah. yeah. Um, now I'm getting the clamped. I um, know. Becky, thank you so much for joining us and helping to set this up. You were pivotal in oh, this yeah. timeline. You're and I in, can't believe I got her in studio. I know. Because she's so busy. We have like 32 weekends that you're d- It was meant to, to be. It was yes. meant to be. Very and happy with her. I want to thank the listeners. I know there were some extra listeners even from my world that yeah. were listening. And, right. I, um, and then let's make sure we get April 3rd out. Yes. Thank you. Um, April 3rd, Ro- Lakeside Rodeo Grounds from 1 to 5. We have plenty of parking for whatever you're driving or whatever you're towing. Right. And we're going to have a really nice celebration of Ronnie's life with a lot of laughter, very upbeat. And if you have any questions, reach out to me. And I hope to see you there. From and time, what's the time start? 1 to 5. So 1 to 5. Mm-hmm. Come on out. Hang out with some racers. Bring a tape recorder or use your phone. Yeah. Right. Because what you thought you thought this two hours was great. Trust me, you get people up close and personal. You yeah. couldn't put it, it on radio. Um, yeah, it's not going to be live on air. So how many of our twisting stories are going to come out? Because we just had two <laughs> oh, live on air. Just the thought of it makes me go ow. All right. Oh, Tom, right. it was nice talking. Tom, great uh, talking to you. Yeah. Enjoy your time off. Have one for me, and we'll talk to you down the road. Okay, sir. Thank you, okay. Tom. Thank you so much for all you do for us. Yes. And please give nice Don my love. Again. And so many years, we, we collaborated yep. on so many things. Yes, Absolutely. always there. You were always there. Thank She's you, Tom. the best. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate you. All right. Becky, I can't thank I you enough. You're and- so humble. I don't... And we made it without a box of tissue. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, we, we have sleeves. 
Oh, I thought you said fleas. No, so uh, not fleas. me. But, uh, not All I. All right. Well, folks, that was it. But don't go anywhere. Gun Owners Radio coming up next. FM. 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.